Good morning, everybody. Hope you're doing well. It is Friday, September 9th at 10.39 a.m. Uh, Purdue's preparing to play Indiana State tomorrow, Saturday, September 10th at 4 p.m., 4 p.m. kickoff. Um, but uh, I'm not a big fan of, of, of games versus FCS foes. Uh, I don't think Purdue's athletic department has been big fans of them either in recent years. I haven't seen as much of this uh, in the last couple of years. And these games, th- th- you come into them and <clears throat> the – the FBS team doesn't have much to gain and it has a ton to lose. They're really good for college football in that those FCS teams obviously get a payout. Um, always makes me laugh when um, you pay a, a school 250000 500000 whatever, and still lose, which happened a couple times last weekend, I think, um, in college football. And Jeff Brom has been very clear. He's very aware that this is a possibility for Purdue, and I think he's been drilling it into the players' heads that they should be ready for anything, be ready uh, for Indiana State to be dialed in. Think about, I mean, how big of the, these games must be for those players. Obviously, there's a, a talent disparity, but the the other thing is, <clears throat> if you were passed over uh, by your favorite team that you grew up with, um, I can think of a bunch of examples, but specifically there's a kid on Indiana State. He's from Lafayette, Indiana. I don't know if he wanted to go to Purdue or not. He's running back. He's a freshman. But a guy like that, really, really wants to beat Purdue and um, sh- show out in front of his family. I'm sure I have a bunch of people there. I don't think he even played last week. Indiana State played three different running backs. But, um, yeah, those type of players, this is a big deal. And so Purdue better be ready. I, I don't care who you play. You better be ready. But you better be ready when you're playing a team like Indiana State. <clears throat> if you don't know your Indiana State um, facts, Indiana State was uh, – they, they won last week versus North Alabama. They won 17-14. to 14. Um, and, uh, I mean, not much jumps out of the, the stat page for me. I, I looked over it a little bit and I'll look over it a little bit more right now. Um, but they, they, they spread the ball around. I mean, they had, let's see, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven receivers catch the ball, but only had, uh, 140 yards passing quarterback was, uh, just over 50% completion percentage, much like O'Connell. But he had one touchdown, two uh, interceptions. His name's Gavin Screws. Uh, good name. But uh, the other thing, <clears throat> Indiana State's running backs did a pretty decent job. I think they're they're carrying the ball for about four yards a carry. Um, so Purdue needs to be ready. So if you want to know, it's it's tough to find context when your favorite team is playing a team that you don't watch, you don't see much from. But here's some context. Uh, Indiana State is 39th in the FCS rankings. Um, North Alabama is 90th. I think these polls are pretty unscientific at this point, uh, but that's one of the polls that I found. So take it for what it's worth. Um, Indiana State, the last time they played Purdue, we were reminded about this on the Handsome Hour, talked about it on Twitter. Last time Purdue played Indiana State, I believe, was when um, Hazel was coaching, or Hope, (laughs) It was Hope. When Hope was coaching them, and uh, Indiana State almost beat Purdue at Ross-Aid. It took a Ricardo Allen interception to seal the game. Um, and uh, Indiana State had a running back that was running all over Purdue that day. He was a big back. He was pretty hyped. I don't know if Indiana State has a weapon like that. I haven't heard anybody talking about that. Maybe somebody can clue me in if you want to in the margins here. If you if you know something about your Sycamores, let me know. <clears throat> but... Um, Greg Manis is watching live. Thanks, Greg. I appreciate it. Also, Greg, don't think I didn't notice 
that um, you thought the handsome hour was a little late. You are correct. It was a little late. Um, it's a lot late, actually, uh, to record that time. The problem we've got is probably what you, a lot of you guys have out there, um, a lot of kids' stuff, kids' activities for the people that are on Boiled Sports. This past, uh, was that Wednesday when we recorded? Tuesday? Whenever it was. It, uh, a couple of days ago, it's just like that. I think it was Tuesday. It doesn't matter. Um, but I've got a ton of kids, kids stuff to attend to. I know Michael does too. Anisha's the only one without that excuse right now. Um, but I'm sure he's busy as well. Jay couldn't even make it. He was up in a plane. So, um, but I screwed that up. I tried to get on. I was ready to get on at about 9.20, 9.25, and I had major tech problems. I could not get the computer and the website that we host our um, QuickCast on to talk to each other. Couldn't get video and, and uh, audio to work. It was a big pain. Anyway, let's get back to the thing. Sorry about that. Just sidebar. Um, Greg, it's okay. You don't need to apologize. Um, giving a hard time is a good thing. We, we appreciate it. So let me talk a little bit about our boilers first. Um, here's what Purdue needs to do, really. They need to handle their business, right? They need to get a lot better on defense, wrap wrap Indiana State up, make sure the defensive backs are making all the tackles specifically. The DBs, although they look pretty good in coverage versus Penn State, looked really, really lackluster tackling. And it wasn't um, just one guy. It was multiple players. I think um, there's some funny statements that I've read between the lines that are kind of uh, good by the coaches. One of them says, if you eliminate five or six plays, Purdue played a near-perfect game on defense. But if you include those five or six plays, Purdue played a really, really bad defensive game. If you just look at those, because those were chunk plays where um, they did it on special teams too. Purdue just wasn't wrapping up. And I would say, you know, get a wrestling coach out there or something, um, get back to the basics and, and have these guys wrap up and drive through the, the player they're tackling. Pretty simple stuff. I do think it's curable. I think they will look better this week. The other thing, they've got to clean up the, t the penalties. Every time it seemed like Purdue got a penalty last week, specifically on the defensive side of the ball, they were important, and they kept Penn State drives going. So I look for that big improvement on the defensive side of the ball. I think Purdue will look better because they're going to be in position a lot more. Penn State will give teams fits this year because of their athleticism on the defensive side of the ball. Um, and or on offensive side of the ball and defensive side of the ball. But specifically, Purdue was out of position a lot, so they had to do some things they probably didn't want to do. Um, Penn State, I think, uh, you know, kind of took it to Purdue, and uh, Purdue paid for it in the form of nine penalties. But anyway, <clears throat> Purdue still should win. Let's talk a little bit about the, the offense. What, what, what some, some news that's interesting from composite of, oh, let me say one more thing, Ron English, had a, a good, a very good uh, after practice interview. I think it was on Wednesday or Tuesday. Um, and if you took anything away from it, you know, Ron English is a former head coach, didn't have a great time as a head coach, but I love him as a coordinator. And he's so damn honest. He's the exact opposite of Jeff Brom in an in a interview because he just lets it fly. And he was not happy with his defense. So if you guys weren't happy, I know I wasn't super happy with what I saw. We're just, we're just hacks. We're just you know, fans, but neither was Purdue's defensive coordinator. And I don't, th I didn't, I don't think I saw a Hagen interview this week, but I guarantee he was just as angry as English. So I think that uh, is a good sign for Purdue. Those guys, um, I, I bet they made it pretty difficult for our Boilermakers in practice this week. Okay, on the offensive side of the ball, Canyon and Yassine are both not available. Yassine is still recovering, um, I think, from last year's stuff, but he's getting really close to playing. And Kenyon has a knee issue, and I don't really understand when that happened or what 
The problem is I haven't seen a, a formal um, you know, ruling of how long he'll be out. But Kenyon was targeted, I think, twice last week. He had, he had no catches, but there was a, a big uh, pass interference <laughs> by Penn State on that play. Um, it's a really good opportunity for Sheffield and Rice, I think, to to make make to really put themselves in a good position to be starting much of the season um, if they can um, these next two weeks make some noise. Um, also, I think you're going to see some things from Tracy. I'm putting some things together. I think. Brom wants to have a good time uh, with some play calling this week. I think he tends to be looser versus opponents that he thinks that they have a, a, an advantage from an athleticism standpoint or a scheme standpoint. I think he feels that Purdue should have that advantage, so I think you could see some fun play calling. So if you need a, another reason to watch, I know if you're watching this, you're probably diehard, so you probably don't need a reason to watch. But the play calling should be fun, and I think how that translates. One big thing is you may see Tyrone Tracy get the ball more in some different ways um, I would hope we'd see him on a jet sweep or two, too, to loosen things up. Um, but I think he'll be used a lot. I think Trey Burks, uh, pardon me, not Trey Burks, uh, Deion Burks, mercy. Deion Burks could be on the field more because he's he's another speed guy. Uh, I've heard he's been uh, looking good in practice. I would love to see Steptoe get into this game, too. But um, really, Brom hasn't given us any indicator that that's going to happen. On the defensive side, again, Nick Carraway made a big impact. He's going to play a lot uh, this week, and he's been... He's been really, really uh, regular part of the, the ones and twos um, during practice. Interesting side note, just like the offensive line, um, the defensive line is going 12, 12 men are playing in a rotation. That's really, really promising for the long haul. It's really, really good to see. I think Purdue's big goal, of course, should be to come away from the win, come away with a win on Saturday, second, come away without any injuries. Hope they can do that. Um, I got to see something pretty interesting. Uh, somebody on Golden Black pointed, there's a guy named um, RJ Young who does a a video uh, every week about college football and he talked about Charlie Jones specifically and and it was very funny he uh, he he named him one of the one of the I think his top 5 dudes um and he was number 2 Charlie Jones did some things last week that are reminiscent of a lot of different Purdue players in the deep past if you're if you're an old guy like me or in the recent past one thing he did that was a lot like David Bell was Penn State knew he was going to get the ball. They knew that he was being targeted, and he still made catches. If you look at a lot of the catches he made, they're in traffic. He had to go up and get them. He was coming down with the ball, did a really, really good job with that. Um, I think he can get on a gallop this week, and maybe we'll see something really fun. He's really electric in the open field, and we saw none of that last week. I think you might see that in multiple places. I'm hoping he returns a a punt um, for a touchdown. But I also think he could do something out in the open field. I think if Purdue gets a big lead, maybe they'll give him some rest. Um, Brom talked about he was a little dinged up after the game. He was not used to taking that many hits. So they took it easy on him in practice for a couple days. I don't think he went through a full practice for two days in practice or during the week, sorry. Um, so I think that's really cool that um, Jones is being noticed by a lot of people. Uh, R.J. Young called him uh, white chocolate and Iowa didn't even know he was there. And this guy, I mean... Um, it was very funny just hearing him say, you know, what we all already knew that Jones was kind of wasted last year. Um, I, I, I would compare, um, uh, I mean, you could compare Jones to a number of players, but I would say the bell comparisons there because of the importance in the offense last year seemed to be pretty obvious. Um, and then you could say, um, he looks a bit like a, a shorter John Standiford. Um, he's, uh, and I'm trying to think there's one other player that I was thinking of last week. Um, that remind me of uh, that 
Darn it. I'll think of it later and I'll, I'll come back to it. Anyway, um, another player that I thought it was neat in uh, in the handsome hour Michael Henry talked about, his player that he thinks is going to make a big difference and, and maybe player of the game was King Doru. Um, that's neat for a couple of reasons. Number one, Michael almost never has faith in the running game for Purdue. And I think Doru could be a really, really important this game. If he goes over 100, that'd be awesome to see just because Purdue doesn't do that very often. But I think it's very possible. I think Purdue's offensive line should be able to um, – make a big push. But when you look at Indiana State on paper, this is one thing that's really interesting. You look at their offensive line, their depth, their size, they got a lot of 6'5 to 6'7 guys that are 300 pounds. So they're not like, these aren't these aren't tiny guys, but in person they might look a little bit different. Maybe they don't look like Purdue guys with the long arms and the athleticism. Who knows? Speaking of guys that are athletes on the offensive line, uh, uh, Mabo um, again was mentioned <laughs> during uh, some different things. And it sounds like he might be—he might have a chance to do some really creative things uh, in different places. If you don't know it, I think Mabo came in on tight at tight end um, for a couple downs, which is really really cool. And maybe we'll see some creativity there. Who knows? Jeff Brom uh, and and his brother and the coaching staff are always good at finding wrinkles. Uh, I think they will this week. I'm going to look in the margin. Been on here for a little bit. Been on for 13 minutes. Um, I don't think I thanked our sponsors. So let me do that. Real quick, if you're looking for a T-shirt, head over to Martin Vintage, uh, get a, get some Purdue gear. They also have sweatshirts, interboiled at checkout for 15% off. If you haven't heard that yet and you come on here, you haven't been paying attention at all. Uh, but uh, good time. to. I always like to uh, re, uh, reinforce <clears throat> reinforce my, my T-shirt collection in the fall. Things get torn up. I told you guys that during the handsome hour, some of my stuff has been put on lawn duty, which stinks when it's one you really like. Head over to Martin Vintage, get some new stuff. <clears throat> they do have some new stuff coming out soon, though, too. So, um, if you're if you're a regular customer, also if you're on, you're going to be on campus, head over to AJ's. I think I'm going to go there this week. Uh, my son has a cross country meet. After the cross country meet, we're heading straight um, west. We're going to be in Marion at a big multi team meet. I don't know what time I'll be on campus, but I think when I get there, we're going to head over to AJ's um, and we're going to try to see if we can see my pal Adam over there. And um, uh, if you're there, maybe we can say hi. Um, okay, so I'm going to head over here to the questions here and comments, whatever, in the in the margin. Um, Patrick Pence says Alabama paying almost $4 million for two guaranteed, guaranteed wins. So my $250,000 and $500,000 price tag is outdated. Clearly, Alabama paying uh, $2 million a pop for uh, FCS opponents is just incredible. Just incredible. Um, so uh, that's nuts. I don't think they play two FCS opponents, so they're playing probably a team like, I don't know, like Kent State and a team like Indiana State, somebody like that. Uh, that's a ton of money. And, of course, they're paying that much now. TV dollars have gone up, so so have those contracts. It's good for college football. So, anyway, uh, uh, Scott uh, – Justex says, great shows always. Have a great weekend. Boiler up. Thank you, Scott. Thanks for tuning in. Thanks for coming in live. Appreciate it. Luke, would love to see the pass rush flash this weekend. Need some confidence after that last week. Ended up putting a lot of pressure on DBs to hold the coverage. This is a tremendous point. It's something I don't think I talked about enough, but needs to be. We talked about a little bit on the Handsome Hour, but it really, really is important. They've got to generate a pass rush. Purdue has too many guys that I think are athletes to not generate a pass rush, and they simply didn't do it. Um, it's, it's way too much to ask defensive backs to hold coverage for, you know, four, five, six seconds. Um, and 
they they had to. And when they did, they grabbed guys and and drew the penalty. So excellent point. I think it's a big deal. Um, Patrick Pence says, where is Yanni? From what I understand, he's healthy. Um, I think we'll see him this week. Coaches sing his praises about his athleticism. And then you have, it looks like a problem at times um, with athleticism at linebacker. I don't know. It seems like a a dumb no-brainer to, to give him some playing time, especially this week. I think one problem he's had, he's not like his brother in that he was big right out of the box and, and had a body that was ready to go for Division One. Part of that's because of injury he had to pat, uh, had to go through. Other thing is he just, he's built a little bit differently. Um, but when I saw him last time, he still looked pretty thin. Um, but he's very quick, they say. Very, very good in space. So why not? I, I look for a guy like um, uh, Humpage to have a really big game, too, because he did a really good job versus Penn State. Um, I think they could turn up the pressure with him. And like I said, Caraway could have a really good game. And if Yanni gets in there, who knows? Maybe he can do something in space. We'll get to see something really exciting. Um, I hope he gets a lot of playing time. Uh, he needs it because uh, he hasn't been on the field very much in the last two years. Um Greg McManus says Jones goes up, gets the ball like Bell. Absolutely. Yeah, that's the, the high point idea, right? It's kind of a silly – whenever somebody says high point because it's not the highest point of the arc of the ball, if you want to get really specific, real scientific, it's not the highest point. But you and I both know going to get to the highest point possible. Bell was good at that, and uh, Jones is, of course, good at it. And I think Jones might be a little bit better athlete than Bell. It looks like he's – it looks like he's quicker to me. Uh, but Bell, obviously, his route running – was better than anybody we've ever seen at Purdue. And I, I mean that. That's incredibly high praise, and I think it's true. Um, but Jones looks really precise, really good, really quick. Uh, big time boiler, uh, Grant, thanks for tuning in, uh, says Purdue needs to run the ball a lot this week. Yes, they do. And that's that's really that King Doru portion. Um, it was neat to see Downing last week. He looks like a different guy. Um, he looks leaner all over. It's not just his midsection. And he showed it. He, 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 he had one run where... He kind of shifted his shoulders to avoid contact and then got to the second level where he was tackled. I cannot remember. I think it was on the left side of the field. But, um, yeah, I think downing could be important. And maybe we'll get to see um, – darn it, here I am with my names again – the transfer uh, from Central Michigan. Uh, maybe we'll get to see some work from him too. It would be great because they said he's been rusty. It be a good chance to tune up a little bit. Uh, Brock Stepler says there should be nothing uh, other than a blowout. Let's go Boilers. Brock, I, I hope you're right. I think you're right. But I sure as hell hope Purdue isn't planning that way. It's always dangerous. I don't want to hear any bit of cockiness. One thing, I've, I've heard a lot of things, listened to a lot of players this week. They sound like they're pretty mentally dialed in. That's what you want to hear. You want to hear guys that uh, really aren't believing any of the press. And right now, there's not much press to believe. that Purdue. I, I said it to, uh, off of the show that Purdue would be on rocket fuel if they would have beaten Penn State. Well, now they have a couple games where I think a lot of people are thinking, you should beat these teams especially Purdue faithful, you should beat these next few teams. And a lot of the national, national media, if you don't beat them, it gets their attention. If you do beat them, nobody cares. So they're kind of in a lose-lose situation. But the good news is these are good games to get re things really dialed in. Um, and hopefully they do that. But I want them to come in humble and hungry. So um, uh, Big Time Boiler again says, dare I say Purdue rushes for over 200 yards. I think they should. I think they should. That's a good point. Um, uh, Luke says Yanni uh, looked undersized standing on the sideline. Could have been uh, rough to throw him out there against Penn State. It would have been really rough to throw him out there versus Penn State. Penn State guys uh, in person and on TV, I'm sure, looked big and fast. They are great athletes. They are um, 
man, they've got, if you look at the recruiting rankings, those guys, they, they match the recruiting ranking with the eyeball test. So yeah, Penn State's legit good um, talent-wise. Um, let's see, one more. Let's go one more. Brock Stepler says uh, the way oh, – sorry. I mean, Brock Stepler says I'm all for it. And uh, uh, Big Time Bowler says Lewis, of course. Dag nabbit. Definitely want to see Lewis uh, get some carries and Maccabee. Yeah, I'm really excited about those guys. I've talked about it a couple times. Thank you, Grant, for correcting me there. Appreciate it and reminding me. Uh, Lewis from Central Michigan and Maccabee, the the walk-on. Both those guys have some really, really big upside, some really uh, big potential to do some things, and I'd love to see four running backs play. That'd be great to see. So uh, thanks for everybody for tuning in. Really appreciate it. Um, it's tough on these days. I literally was trying to scour – some information, try to find two deeps and stuff like that from Indiana State. It's hard to find that information, so I kind of cobbled some things together. But I think the big thing, just like me, just uh, Purdue needs to look at itself before they look at their opponent and just play their game and, and play it well. Um, get some things cleaned up, and I think they could, and they should. And uh, 4 o'clock kickoff tomorrow. Hope to see you there up in God's country. If you don't have tickets yet, they're $15 through Purdue Sports. You should do it. Um, just because it's a lesser opponent doesn't mean you shouldn't be there. Don't make that excuse. Let's go hammer down. Talk to you soon. God bless you. We'll see you later.